Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, emerging perspectives on people, process, and profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world, and with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. Today, I'm very excited to have as my guest, Henry Schaffler, and we'll be discussing Seven Steps for Hiring Super Performers or Superstars. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Henry. He is a thought leader, management expert, and seasoned small business specialist. He's had 30 years of experience building, leading, and managing small businesses and nonprofits, as well as coaching CEOs and managers in all aspects of business and organizational development. His particular expertise lies in marketing, sales, human resources, business development, and strategic planning. And what I like about Henry's skills and knowledge is that they really apply to businesses of all sizes. So, Henry, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. Thanks, Olivia. Great to be here. Thank you. So, one of the greatest challenges that businesses face today is hiring the right person for a specific job. If you look back a few decades, our economy was based more on manufacturing and farming, and it was much easier to fill a position. But today, our economy is so complex, and even in manufacturing, but certainly in other sectors, workers need to be comfortable and skilled with working on computers and sometimes very sophisticated technology and software. And because of the specialization, I think people have to work together more, so they also need emotional intelligence. And the result is that hiring the right person is difficult, but it could become a competitive advantage. So if you're good at it, it can really help you. So I'd love you to tell us a little bit about how you got into this and your experience with hiring the right person. Okay, uh, great question. Uh, back in the early 90s, I, uh, I worked for a budding uh, human resources outsourcing firm, um, and they were pioneers in the industry. Probably everybody now knows uh, Administaff. I think they changed their name recently. They're one of the biggest. Um, used to have Arnold Palmer on the ads and everything. Uh, <laughs> we we did that. Basically, smaller, small to mid-sized companies, even large corporations, could outsource the entire management of their HR uh, to us. And uh, so I had hundreds of business owners or HR managers who were my clients, and I got to know know really the ins and outs. And one of the biggest challenges that we developed expertise in filling was actually recruiting and hiring. Uh, You know, what a lot of companies experience is their own HR department is really good at HR but not really specialist in hiring because, as you just mentioned, Hiring has gotten more and more specialized, more and more nichified, if you can pardon that expression. <laughs> I like it. That's right. Nichified and uh, and difficult to get the right person. And uh, and so, you know, even though people have HR departments and maybe maybe they even have a recruiter on staff. Um, they they often find themselves getting mediocre performance of what what appears to be a really good hire following traditional processes. So we we developed expertise in creating what I call a gauntlet. So really, only only the most excellent candidates end up in a situation to be considered to even have a resume looked at uh, to be. To be uh, to be interviewed, and always we try to get the, the highest level manager possible involved in the hire, so they know exactly what they're getting. So that began about 20 years ago, and I've I've been involved with it ever since in one way or another. So I'm curious, did you see the idea of emotional intelligence becoming more important over those 20 years? Oh, no question. Uh, we began. I began using DISC 
profiles, DISC, which mm-hmm. is a derivative of Myers-Briggs. Probably most people here know Myers-Briggs. Many know DISC. Um, and those are pioneering pioneering uh, personality profiles. People call them tests. They're not tests. They're profiles. And I got into those in the nonprofit sector and uh, in some groups I was in, and we would profile each other to learn about each other. And, and then we began seeing the power of this in business, and I think almost all of us did, and we began seeing uh, the use of personality assessments across a broad spectrum of companies, especially for, for like, team building and uh, relationship between a manager and team member, between uh, peer team members, uh, between uh, management teams, for example, between a C-level executive and their their direct reports, things like that. I've used those personally to, to help relationships uh, everywhere from my marriage relationship all the way into all those business settings I just mentioned. And those are, you know, the emotional intelligence study and data came, you know, you know after these. But if you look, actually all of it goes back to the pioneering work of, uh, of Carl Jung and mm. his... This essential look at archetypes and the idea, his reaction to Freud, which was, okay, there's mental illness, but what is a healthy, a mentally healthy person like? What are what are the rest of us like? How can we better understand ourselves? And uh, even though we may not have an illness, are there insights we can get? And from that pioneering work in the 20s and 30s, they began doing research and. Myers Briggs and DISC came out of that whole body of work over decades into the 1960s, and I've been following that ever since. And uh, the specific developments of emotional intelligent work on into the 90s kind of flow from that. And of course, there's tremendous uh, insights from from the various authors and trainers. I am not a specialist in that field with that branded name, Emotional Intelligence. I will make that point, but certainly I'd say that's where it's come uh, from the, the, the beginnings back in the 20s. Oh, fascinating. And actually, a few months ago, I interviewed Cindy Wigglesworth, who's written a book that's sort of the next level after emotional intelligence called spiritual intelligence that takes in a couple other dimensions. So I just think this is all really fascinating, especially as it relates to managing complexity. Is that interview on, uh, on this, uh, this interview uh, website of yours? I'd like to hear that myself. It is. Yes. It's on my voice America host page. So please do that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Maybe other people here will too. Good. Well, great. So I I do want to dig in a little bit later into some of the other assessments, possibly. But but I'd love to just get an idea of how. What do you mean by a super performer or a superstar? Well, uh, I like I, I like to invoke Jim Collins, and probably everybody here listening is familiar with Jim Collins and Good to Great. Uh, it's kind of a seminal business book. And he wrote that for, you know, based on studying 12 large corporations and, you know, everybody down to solopreneurs and nonprofits have been able to use the wisdom that, that, uh, you know, Dr. Collins was able to impart to all of us. One of the core concepts there in building your company or division or department or strategy is get the right people on the bus. You mm. probably heard that expression yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that that really means a super performer. If you follow what what Jim Collins is saying, he's not talking about getting somebody necessarily with experience. Um, he's not necessarily he's not talking about the resume. He's not talking about uh, the job history. Um, he's not necessarily even talking about the great interview. He's talking about the super performer that when you get the right team on your bus, uh, 
almost, they, they can perform on their own. You're not going to need to do one-third to one-half of the things you usually customarily are taught you need to do in business school to motivate and manage that team because they're going to do it on their own. They're self-managed, self-motivated people, and they know what to do, or if they don't, they'll find out how to do it because they have an entrepreneurial streak in them. And that's across all different types of positions. I've done a lot of pioneering work with hiring salespeople, but the same principles apply to any type of position, managers, supervisors, even administrative personnel, um, in terms of, of being a, being a self-motivated, uh, self-directed performer rather than needing to be uh, managed and prodded and motivated all the time by someone else in the management system. Now, that being said, certainly you still need the metrics and the management systems. Uh, however, when you have self-motivated performers, then those systems will, will help them. Actually, they will embrace those systems as a tool for them to get better performance. Uh, when you provide that for them, rather than feeling like they're quote being micromanaged by my manager, when you hear people say why why are you doing all this? Why don't you just let me do my job? Most likely, that's not a super performer. And you know, I like to ask people in interviews, you know, how do you feel about uh, targets, and how do you feel about um, uh, performance performance indicators, and uh, how do you feel about uh, management systems which require you to reach targets. And if somebody says, well, I don't mind them, but quite frankly, I, I just prefer to be trusted to do the job myself, that's actually, to me, a red flag that that person is probably not a super performer. Interesting. So how, what would they say if you did trust them to be a self-motivated super performer? How would they answer that question? Oh, oh, well, well, they would say, oh, yes, and the best companies I've worked for had systems like that. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate having a place to, to, uh, to give my feedback. I appreciate being challenged by targets from my manager. It helps me uh, achieve more. I, I, I appreciate having a back-and-forth relationship where I can share ideas with my manager and also get feedback from them to improve my performance. Uh, if there's motivation, uh, if, if there are motivation factors in the system which will incentivize me for performance, I really appreciate that. By the way, do you folks have those sorts of things here? Okay, that makes sense. So you want interaction and feedback rather than maybe direct management telling them what to do, it sounds like. Um, does well, that make well, sense? I mean, a star performer is not going to react against having a management system which, which, which incentivizes them to perform. I, I see. So they would just want to invite being um, held accountable, basically. Exactly. In fact, you know, we like the term, instead of manager, accountability partner. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've, been, I've said this before on my show that years ago, the manager could usually do the job of anybody working for him. But today, because of the technology and complexity, the manager really often can't do the job of their employees. They, right. they have to be more of a direct, uh, like, more inspiring than you know, top-down manager. Um, well, I so. like the sports analogies, Olivia. Um, I use it frequently. Uh, among the things I could be described as doing is coaching, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, any manager has to be a coach and a mentor. And if you look at uh, a sports coach, uh, you know, let's take a uh, pole vaulter, for example. That pole vaulter, the, the sports coach may not even be able to pole vault. They may have <laughs> at some point, but they know about how to incentivize and challenge an athlete to higher, higher levels of performance. In the case of pole vaulting, it's literal. So maybe they first, you know, they're doing 12 and a half feet, and once they get that three or four times, the coach says, okay, I'm going to move it to, uh, to 12 and three quarters. And uh, the bar, literally raise the bar, continuously and constantly challenging that person to higher levels of performance. And that athlete, that's what they want. They want to be challenged to higher and higher levels. What's their incentive? Well, there's personal incentives 
because they're an achievement-driven person, but also they want to go win, uh, win the event. When they go to the, to the track and field event, they want to win. That's another incentive. Uh, there may be cash prizes, who knows what. In business, really, if a manager can understand, if they get a coachable, mentorable, ch- a, a challengeable person, uh, that's your ideal person, actually, because you can work with them in a similar way to continuously challenge them and incentivize them to higher levels of performance. And they're, in fact, going to invite that and if you don't have the, if, here's the converse, Olivia. If you don't have that environment in your company, in your company, and you happen to hire such a super performer, after a while they're going to lose interest and move on. And many companies lose super performers because they don't understand this. That makes total sense. Yeah, because I can remember being in a position where I wanted to challenge myself, and um, you know, kind of be asked to do more and I had that experience in a couple of places where it just wasn't there so I did go somewhere else so I, I totally get it um, so you mentioned a seven step process for hiring can you tell us why you think this is essential and maybe talk about those steps well uh, I, I believe strongly in systems a systems approach to any business activity um, and I imagine most companies here are, are in, you know, they have business processes in place, steps, systems. And probably they do for hiring. I don't know exactly who we have with us here, but um, sometimes it's not thought to be that way with hiring per se. It's more generalized. Uh, okay, we write a job description, we write an ad, we put out an ad, we receive resumes, uh, we, we, uh, we review the resumes, we call some people up, we do some interviews, uh, we find the best people and we hire somebody, that sort of thing. It really is a step system. They may or may not see it that way. It may or may not be documented in their business processes, depending on the type of firm they are. We're simply uh, advocating a little bit different type of process than what I just described. I don't know if what I described sounds familiar to you as the way people hire. Yeah. Um, well, somewhat, so, although I want to, um, I'd like more insights into your steps. Oh, but, no, um, I'm, I'm going to give that. I'm just saying what I just described is pretty much the way people do it. I yes, absolutely. Something different. Right, right. So just, um, we're actually just up on a break. So how about we go to break so that when we come back, we can actually expand on these without being interrupted. Um, so okay. I'd like to just reintroduce my guest today is Henry Schoffler. We're talking about seven steps for hiring super performers. And if you would like more information, you can go to smartsaleshires.com. And, uh, and you can get in touch with Henry there, and you can get a free re- their free report uh, and an online webinar if you just type in your name and email, and uh, he'll be back in touch with you. And we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. 
Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here. I'm with my guest, Henry Schaffler, and we're talking about seven steps for hiring super performers. And before the break, we, we talked a little bit about what is the super performer. This is someone who wants to be challenged, wants to be held accountable, is self-motivated, and, and how different it is to manage someone like that. But with the complexity today and, and technical skills uh, of, of the average worker, the manager really does need to be more of a coach. And right before the break, Henry was talking about how companies typically go about hiring and and so, Henry, I'd love you to expand on your method or your seven steps for hiring that right. I know you kind okay. of um, position it like around salespeople, but it's actually good for any position. So, yeah, oh, please it, tell what us I, more. What I'm going to describe here is not oriented uh, directly at salespeople. So, uh, once again, if you want to get a, uh, a free report that, that sh- that's got all this in it instead of taking feverish notes, it's smartsaleshires.com. Sales is plural and hires is plural, smartsaleshires.com. And uh, in there, we, we, we talk about these seven steps. And uh, the first one is create your superstar profile or your super performer profile. We, we talk about superstar for sale, but your super performer or high performer profile. And uh, we're not talking about a job description here. Just open up a blank word-pressing document and, you know, write out uh, a narrative of the ideal person you're looking for. Um, you know, what are they like? What kind of personality do they have? What, you know, perhaps what kind of experience and training? But more important, uh, you know, what are, their, what are their traits that you're looking for? If you're going to be their manager, what, uh, you know, what kind of relationship do you want to have with them and how do you want to see them working with, uh, the clients they're going to work with, whether it's internal or external clients. And uh, I want to make a point here. I think, uh, you know, many be careful about this thing about experienced in our industry. In technical fields, of course, you have to have some amount of that. But often when we get people that are exactly experienced for what I want, they may be our competitors' rejects. And ah. uh, <laughs> now that's that's tough. That's blunt. But think about this. Um, it, it, if you find the ideal person, why are they available? Mm. Well, if but, you have the ideal person, are you going to let them go? Chances are not. Um, if they're really a super performer and they want to move on, say they want a little better compensation package, you're most likely going to find a way to keep them. So. Be careful well, about insisting that you must have somebody with all the exact experience you're looking for. Now, there are certain, in technical roles, of course, there are licensing and uh, qualification requirements and things like that. But sometimes, if you open up your mind, you might be able to hire somebody and as part of their uh, training, uh, part of their employment package, uh, get them certified where you need them. If they're the kind of person you want, and you think they have the aptitude to do the job that you're looking for, these other factors, including uh, what we're talking about here, emotional intelligence, may be more seminal. And then Mm. once you get that person, you can get them to become experienced quite quickly. I'm sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, no. I mean, that makes total sense. I remember when I worked for a credit card bank that they actually preferred to hire people right out of school that had the right personality skills and the aptitude to learn but not only did they not want other companies rejects but they wanted them to not already have bad habits and uh right 
and right. and a yeah biased view right. so that they it was like a blank slate so that makes a right. lot of sense right right and so um so the first step is write your superstar profile and part of that first step is from that uh write your job your position description and uh it's important that uh you know I don't many companies they write a job description and they hire maybe using it but then it goes in a file rarely used again we use these position descriptions is a dynamic document. They're used at hire. Uh, we get the candidate to uh, sign it that they they know they believe they can do everything in the position description. Or if not, it's we've discussed it with them and they agree that they can be trained up here and there. Uh, but mm-hmm. we still want them. Then uh, you know they're trained to that description. Uh, they're managed on a, de- a weekly basis to that description. Uh, when uh, when review time comes, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, whatever, all review is done based back to that description. And any promotions and or discipline action are done again based back to that description. And performance accountability is done based to that description. So this first yeah. step is quite crucial and important. Interesting. Um, the second step is write your ad based on your your dream profile and your position description. And ads need to be creative uh, these days. You know, <laughs> you have the same droll old ads out there, and you know where you put them. You know, put them on Monster and whatever. There are specialized sites for specialized kinds of people. Of course, LinkedIn is becoming more and more a useful place to hire people. Um, but when people say the same old, see the same old, same old, same old ads, uh, so they get they get tired of them, or they don't they they're not their interest is not caught specifically super super performing type of people. When you when you've got something creative, uh, they're caught more. To be blunt, you need to have some sort of a marketing and sales sense in your mm-hmm. recruiting ads these days. And there's two ways you can do it. Um, you you can either uh, uh, kind of scare off the weak, or you can attract the strong. Um, <laughs> so this is an example. Um, so a few little bit of words here from a from a sales ad that we we ran. Uh, superstars only sixty sixty thousand to two hundred thousand a year, but you will decide. Average our opportunity earned sixty. But stars can earn 200 or more. Don't even respond unless you're too, truly a superstar salesperson. You have a burning desire for success and so on. Now, this, of course, is uh, oriented towards salespeople, but mm-hmm. similar types of, of you know, ads that are kind of strong will attract strong people. Um, you may not want a strong person in terms of their personality, but you want a strong person in terms of their emotional intelligence their psychological make make up their mental toughness that sorts of things. So mm-hmm. another is of course more more the more positive. Here's one we wrote for a, a this was a company that it's a it's a whole team full of uh, uh, young younger women and uh, they're they're they they have a certain culture and so this was targeting people like that. Join our loud enthusiastic coffee indulging and shoe addicted sales team. And be a part of a company that values its employees as much as its customers. You love to sell, but would you also mind working alongside a gym rat who occasionally begs your last piece of chocolate? How about an uh, office next to an employee who brings their dog in every month on grooming day? And so on. So, that's, that's uh, so creative. There's a lot more to say about this, but I'm just going to say, when you write ads these days to attract super performers, you need to think differently on how, uh, on how to do that uh, rather than the same old, same old ads. We'll get the same old, same old kind of people. Fascinating. Have you actually tested them, you know, ran like parallel ads to just see who a- appeals to what? Oh, yes, we have. Yeah, those two right there. We tried the first one in this company. It didn't work well. When we got the, the more positive kind of uh, humorous, uh, folksy one, we got double the response. Same company. Interesting. Wow. Okay, so... Okay, step three. So step one is uh, get your ideal profile and job description. Step two is write an ad that's creative uh, and 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 attra- literally attracts the kind of person you're looking for. Step three 
have people apply to an online portal, not send resumes to an email. Um, and there, you know, many companies now have these portals online. You can also find uh, there's there's some really good ones online that that you can pay a little bit for each month. And there's uh, one or two that are actually uh, free. They're excellent, but the way they make their money is you place the ads through them. Same price to you, you get the same commission. Uh, but the, the idea here is that when people see your ad, they click on a link, they're taken to an online portal where they fill out basic information and apply your for, position, for your position, upload their resume, and perhaps um, fill out a little questionnaire there that, that you can set up. And now you still, they still don't know who you are. They're not calling your company and trying to get a, get, you know, get the foot in the door. They don't even have your email. Um, but they, the system will then send you an email with the results. So step three is use an, use an anonymous online portal for, uh, for people to apply. And the purpose is to just keep it anonymous, basically. Does it do other stuff like it probably standardizes some things you can search on? You also, yeah, and you don't, you don't want to, you don't want people to, to really, uh, to, to try, have a way to find out who you are and call you and badger you about what it is you're, you know, you want, you want to be able to pick and choose, actually. Yes, and um, not have to deal with everyone. And, it, you know, and these, you know, we're getting hundreds of applications anymore. It's crazy, depending on the types of roles. Mm. And, you know, this, this system is designed to separate uh, the weed from the chaff, if you will. And mm-hmm. so let's continue to get a feel for that. So um, step four, then, is, and this is the core piece. Every candidate takes a screening profile. Mm. Um, this is an online profile. So what we do is people come up and they, they apply through that system. The system sends them a link automatic to a profile. And uh, <clears throat> that, that's a specialized profile. They're, they're, these screening profiles are not the same as DISC or Myers-Briggs or some of the different ones people may be familiar with. They are tailored to screening hiring candidates. Now, they're based on the same types of emotional intelligence data that those generalized ones are, but they, they are in the last... 15 or 20 years, there's been a tremendous amount of work done, and so they're, they're predictive, we call them predictive profiles, so there's thousands of people that have been profiled in certain positions, and now we know which one of those psychological and emotional profiles is best suited to a particular role, and they also sometimes include some experiential data in these and combine them. And they're available for salespeople, uh, for managers, supervisors, administrative personnel, um, professionals, uh, entrepreneurs, C-level executives, um, the whole gamut. And there, you, you, some of these profile companies, you can actually uh, create these profiles uh, specifically for the roles in your company. If you're big enough, it's cost-effective to do that. And wow. uh and these profiles, the idea here is every candidate takes a profile. You don't talk to a candidate until you have a profile in front of you. That makes sense. So you can really judge before you even talk to them uh, whether they're going to be a good fit in a lot of ways. Interesting. Exactly right. And the thing is, it's not like you're, you know, you're not forced to only take the profile, but let's say you're looking at a really good resume, but then the profile shows that their their predictive score is, you know, mid-range, say 50 or 60, and you know that people that are really going to be super performers in your role need a 70 or an 80 or something or above, you, you still might interview them, but you're going to think twice. If if the, the resume is no good and the profile is also not so good, then you're probably not even going to contact them. You have to use your own sense in this and your subjective, creative mind. Uh, at the same time, these profiles are uh, super valuable in determining from an objective standpoint what kind of person you have. So even though you might choose to interview somebody 
here's the big point. You have the profile as a tool for interviewing mm, because yeah. these profiles offer you actual interview questions. They show where the, where the stronger and weaker areas are related to the role you're hiring for and suggest questions you ask them so that you can determine if they have, uh, for, for example, uh, learned how to compensate for those in themselves if they're self-aware, and many people are. So they'll be aware when you bring something up, and they say, oh, yeah, I know about that, and they'll chuckle, and they'll say, here's how I deal with that in myself. So these profiles are, I would say, crucial to use uh, to interview people, and, and you, you really want to have them before you even decide to interview them. Last point on this. Some, some companies, they'll look at resumes and surveys they take, and then they'll say, well, I want to hire so, 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 and so, and then they'll send those people an, uh, a profile link. Mm-hmm. We don't recommend that. Profile first and make that part of how you're deciding who to interview. Other people will go through and we want to hire, we want to interview so, 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 and so. They bring these people in. They put all these people through an interview. Then they give them a profile, or they'll take their top three to five and give them a profile. That is not that effective. Better hmm. profile early in the process before you ever interview anyone. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if you've got hundreds of candidates. Why would you want to even take the time to talk right. to those so many well, interestingly enough, Olivia, when we send out these links, we'll find 50, 40 to 50% don't even do the profile. Well, what does that tell you? <laughs> That's They're not fascinating. organized or they already got another role, so why do I want to waste my time? Whatever yeah. the reason is, if they don't respond to the next step in my process. Okay, so now we've, we call, I call it sort of a gauntlet, these steps. This, mm-hmm. this process now has weeded out half the people I don't want to waste my time with because they didn't, for whatever reason, take the time to do my profile. Right. Well, that's fascinating. And um, we're, we're just about up on an, another break. So why don't we do that now? Because we've, we've weeded it down to half of the profile. So I think the next three steps are going to be very rich. So again, my guest today is Henry, Henry Schaffler. And we're discussing seven steps for hiring super performers or superstars. And you can get access to the, a free report, an online webinar, or get in touch with Henry. Go to www.smartsaleshires.com. And that sales is plural and hires is plural. And this is Quantum Business Insights, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm with my guest, Henry Schaffler. We're talking about seven steps for hiring super performers or superstars. And before the break, we had started talking about the steps. We got up to step four. So step one 
write your ideal profile, a job description. Step two, write your ad and make it very creative. You really need to distinguish it from the old standard ads. Um, Step three, have your applicants respond online digitally and fill out information online. And um, step four, and this is really a core piece, is have them do a screening profile so that you can figure out who you really want to talk to, not just based on their skills, but their personality and different aspects of their nature. And so can you uh, share, Henry, a couple maybe some of the profiles that you use? Oh, you bet. Uh, Let me just mention uh, before that that these profiles will be looking at things like uh, uh, they have scales, so self-management, emotional intelligence, entrepreneurial drive, creative drive, people skills, those sorts of things. And the basic types of uh, scales are the same, but they'll be... Different scales will be uh, required to be strong or weak depending on the position. So one company we use a lot is called Self Management, and uh, they're actually out of Canada, and they have a whole a whole battery of excellent profiles. Um, a sort of more developed for for maybe larger companies and uh, and Fortune one thousands and so on. There 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 is the Winslow profile, which is extremely highly developed and this is this is a company that will come into your company uh do a lot of work inside on all your roles and create customized profiles for each of the positions you're hiring for and they're extremely effective um, then actually you can work with TTI incorporated who have they're the probably the premier distributor of disk profiles but they have a number of overlays or templates which, which can take a, a basic disk profile and, and show which, which profiles within disk are best for which role. Mm. We don't tend to like that quite as much. Um, we'll tend to use disk more for coaching people on the job once they're in, but, but TTI does offer that. But I would say at the... Uh, the lower end self management at the higher end uh winslow then there are dozens of others out there if you just type in screening screening profiles or higher screening profiles into google you'll you'll find dozens uh that that will be happy to talk to you uh, if you want a little more on that uh feel free to contact me through smartsaleshires.com by just typing in your your email, and uh, I'll see you there, and I'll be back in touch, and you'll get my email, and we can correspond. I'll try to give my email here, but, but I think a lot of people aren't going to get it. Henry is my first name, but spelled with an I, like French people, H-E-N-R-I, at focusmarketinginstitute.com. Henry with an Henri at focusmarketinginstitute.com. Dot com. Feel free to send me an email, but if it doesn't work, you didn't get it right, go to that website and type in there, and I'll be back in touch with you. And, and you know, be happy to help you get oriented on the best types of profiles and brands to consider depending on your situation. Let me suggest we move on then to step five, Olivia. Yeah, please. Okay. So once I get the profile results back, I look for those with with the uh, the profile I'm looking for in some of them, like for salespeople, I get a literal score. We only really want people 80 and above, but for other ones like Management Pro, which is a self-management product, we're looking for specific types of profiles depending on the type of position we have. And then uh, we'll, step five is send an e- what I call an email interview to those who are recommended with uh, good profile scores and whose resume I like. And that's really a series of questions that I might ask in an interview, but rather that I'm going to ask in an email. And the main thing is to start a, a you know, uh, a, 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 response, a, a conversation with them. And I'll often say things like, um, uh, you know, dear Olivia, thanks for applying. Uh, we would like to move to the next level with you. We like what we've seen so far. Um, please answer these questions uh, so we can get a better feel for, uh, for who you are and how you might fit in our company, and we'll ask, you know, quite, what are your, what are your uh, income requirements, uh, why are you looking for a new position, 
Uh, why do you feel you're a good match for the role we have? Um, uh, tell me a time when, kinds of interview questions, but simply in writing so that I can get back from them uh, a feel for who they are. I still have not taken all the time to make phone calls and spend all the tremendous amounts of time. Here's the funny thing. Once again, we find 40 to 50% of the people, even if they went through that profile, when we get back to them with this email interview, they don't respond. So we further weeded out now. Again, maybe they got another position. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they're not well organized. They don't check their email well. Well, I don't really want that kind of person as a hire anyway. Sometimes we may send it again if we really want to talk to them. Uh, but generally, uh, this this process helps. And the answers that they give uh, help. Um, unless you have questions about that, I guess uh, I could move on to step six. Yeah, I do have one question. Do you find people mm-hmm. will respond and say, hey, thank you, I've taken another position? Yeah, they, some, sometimes they will, but many times they just don't respond. Okay, because I would think if I were in that position of looking for a, a job, I might want to not burn any bridges just in case what I did take you know, didn't make me happy, you know, and then I'd have a in for another place. But that's uh, because you're a highly developed soul who who, <laughs> who who understands many of these things. Uh even good people you might want to hire may or may not have that I have that uh that big of a s of a people oriented strategic mind to do that. Uh they'll mm-hmm. just they're more process or more result-oriented, they're going to say, hey, I got a place, I'm busy. Um, doesn't mean they're not a, a good candidate, but they're not going to respond. But yes, some people will respond back. You're right. Okay, thanks. So what is okay, step, step six? Step six is finally, now we've gone through five steps before we get on the phone with people. So, so we get back... We've got a resume, we've got a profile, we've got an email interview. Those are three pieces of data which are extremely useful. Now, I like to be involved with my hiring manager myself, uh, but that's really the call in your company how you want to do it. But somehow, um, uh, I would I would be reviewing these with my hiring manager to look these over and look at their profile and look at the, the answers from the email interviews look at the resume and decide, say, on my top eight to ten candidates there, um, and then look further and try, try to weed them down uh, and, and, you know, may, may, maybe call uh, seven to eight people, um, at the most ten, and do a telephone interview. Again, uh, getting a little closer. Sometimes I like to be a little a little tough on the phone, not not just all warm and fuzzy, because I want to mm-hmm. see a super performer will not be rattled by a little bit of a uh, little bit of challenge, like asking them directly, "Why do why do you think you're the right fit? Uh, why, mm-hmm. why are you moving positions?" Um, and I also like to ask people how they self manage. What sort of self management system do you use? Um, most of us these days need well well people with good self-management skills. Um, mm-hmm. They know how to keep track of appointments and callbacks, and uh, they know how to use Outlook to manage their daily schedule, or they use a CRM if that's what they're involved with. Um, like, like to ferret, there's, and we like to, you know, how do they sound on the telephone if it's a, a, not a technical role, but a role that involves other people. It depends on the role, what we do with this phone interview, but the telephone interview, again, we're, we're going to take notes. Some companies like to ask the permission and record them. Uh, but, uh, but from that, from, from those seven to ten telephone interviews, finally I'm going to get to step seven, and I'm going to maybe invite in my top three candidates for live interviews. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you on step six, um, have you ever had a situation where somebody sounded, they look good on paper, and what they said sounded good, but their voice was just not confident or not a pleasing, and, and then you would not go further with that person? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no mm-hmm. question about that. But here's the thing. 
if I'm hiring a, 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 a data cruncher, it may not matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, don't don't take that the wrong way. I know you're a data expert. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I can't sit in a cubicle for but eight no, hours a day it, yeah, and it, crunch right, data anyway. If, if some if somebody's going to be running uh, data mining programming and and stuff uh, eight hours a day, it may not matter so much what their voice sounds like. But uh, I do want to highlight you brought up an important point. You if you want a super performer, most likely they're going to have to be confident. And another point, people who are not confident often talk a lot. So if you get someone in a telephone interview that kind of rattles on, that that may be a red flag, that this may not be the best person to hire because they lack confidence. Mm. Yeah, not good listener. That, That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we have about four minutes left, so let's get to... To uh, finish well, step, okay. step, well, step. Step, steps. Okay, well, steps. I hope I haven't been rattling on too much myself. No, no, this is great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, step seven is the, 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 the big live interview. Uh, now we've got the resume and the cover letter. We've got <clears throat> the profile. The, uh, we've got the email interview. We've got the interview notes from the telephone interview. And, uh, and we bring people in. I like to do team interviewing uh, with, with other members of my team. I like to get a group consensus that this is the, the right hire. Usually if we've gone through a step process like this, um, the ideal best candidate will emerge fairly clearly. That's the person we want to hire. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to just do my own interview. I, again, I want to either as a team or maybe I'll interview people and ask my, my manager team uh, to do a, a group interview with the candidates. Um, and get their opinion. Now, if I really like somebody and my managers say, we couldn't imagine working with, with that person, that's, a, you know, that's an important consideration. So you've got to consider the profile, the, the interview results uh, of the several kinds, the, uh, the, the profile and experience, um, and my, team, my team's response. And once, once I get that person, I got to make them an offer right away, an offer they can't refuse. And that's sort of another topic. But these days you have Mm -hmm. to make good job offers and you have to make them quickly. Because if Mm. you don't, if this is really a super performer, we've had it happen painfully. uh, (laughs) They're not there. They've already gone somewhere else by the time you call them back with an offer. So that's the seven step process. Thank you. So seven, step seven, team, sounds like you're promoting team interviews. You've got all this other information and then make the offer quickly. <laughs> That's great. Well, so Henry, like uh, thank say, you so many, much for being my guest today. I want to remind people they can go to smartsaleshires.com and put their email in, get in touch with you, get free reports, access to a webinar, and that smart sales plural, hires, plural.com. So, Henry, thank you. I hope you'll come back and visit us again. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Much appreciated. You're, wel- you're welcome. So next week, my guest will be Dr. Paul Tsu, and we'll be discussing our immigrant heritage and how it has shaped our country and especially our business landscape. So you won't want to miss this. I'm your host, Olivia Parrood, saying thank you, for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights, and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week.